Good news, everyone. Everyone's favorite podcast from the year 3000 has returned. Yes, it is Tales of Futurama. Each week, we'll be going back and revisiting every episode of the series, discussing the themes, gags, and all the Easter eggs you may not have seen the first time around. It's Tales of Futurama, available now exclusively at patreon.com slash discount. the love of my life according to your divine whim. Now release me from this ghastly vocation. No. Come on. All right. Hey, wait a minute. This isn't Marge. This is her fat sister, Selma. It's petty, chump. <laughs> for this four finger discount dude Welcome to Four Figure Discount. This week we are here to review the first episode of Season 15. We've made it all the way to Season 15 and kicking off with a ripper. It is Trias of Horror 14. I am Dando. I am Guy and yes, it's nice to enjoy a frolic through a nice green field before we get into the weeds that Season 15 is sure to provide. Oh, look, I'm getting ahead of myself. It's probably, It could well be a very good season. It could be underrated. It could, be, could have some hidden gems in there. But you are correct, Dando. We're off to a very good start with a very uh, a very good treehouse of horror. Yeah, I just think it was a really good blend of, it had a uh, bit of sci-fi with the, the, the stopwatch kind of thing, not sci-fi, mm-hmm. but that kind of sort of gimmick. You had the gore with the Frankenstein and just classic horror with, with the Grim Reaper story. So it was just a yeah. good blend of everything. And plus it had a lot of, had had fun mixed with gore. And I think that like, Swartz, so Swartzwater wrote all three of these. Okay. So this was an entirely treehouse of horror written by John Swartzwater, which it, it really shows because it was just, it was really fun. The name you can trust. Yeah. <laughs> no, as we've enjoyed with the best Treehouse Forest, yes, a, a good mix of the two. I mean, horror and humour, they operate along similar lines, don't they? They're very much sort of about building up a bit of tension, releasing that tension with either a joke or a scare. Uh, and, yeah, I think, you know, there were bits in these episodes that's like, that's a, a little gory, that's a bit gru- more gruesome than I expected, or... Hmm, I wonder what would happen in that situation. And yeah, and of course, a few good laughs as well. I mean, I must admit, um, the start with the shotgun and all that, I was like, wow, they're, they're, yeah. <laughs> they're not they're not shying away. Just seeing Homer beating up the kids with a bat and everything, yeah. Yeah, I know this is a Halloween special and, you know, the normal rules don't apply, but still. <laughs> mm. And if, by the way, listeners, apologies if you can hear Elliot carrying on in the background. Nicola has taken the reins with bedtime. It's usually myself. I can hear Elliot carrying on. I'm assuming he's saying, I want daddy, I want daddy, I want daddy. I (laughs) apologise. You often hear that from Nicola as well. No! Hell my! (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, uh, Nicola. So this episode had uh, so many guest stars who all did a great job, particularly Jerry Lewis. I was so pleasantly shocked, surprised by that. Because yeah. listening to, yeah, who um, when Frankenstein came on, I'm like, hmm, who's this doing a Frank 
it was like they were naturally funny. It's not a poor man's freak. But yeah, but not no, certainly not a poor man's freak. It was like, oh, this feels like sort of OG freak, original gangster. <laughs> but it felt like someone who was naturally funny and not necessarily trying all that hard, but they didn't have to try that hard because they were just great. Yeah. And I didn't I mean, I may have known it was Jerry Lewis sometime in the past, but my brain is just not what it used to be. And then yeah. sitting through the closing group, it's like it was Jerry Lewis. Holy moly. <laughs> Who Frank is based off of. Very much. The original Glavin. Yeah. Yeah, nice lady. <laughs> there was, I, I, when that episode started, that segment, I thought it's going to go one of two ways. I didn't really remember too much about it. I was like, this could be either oversaturation of Frank and he's, the gimmick of the way he speaks. Because mm. it's funny the way he speaks, but an entire segment with it, is it going to be funny? Yeah. No, I thought it was good from start to finish. I thought it was very good. It really was. They didn't over-egg the Frank. No. <laughs> There was just enough glade. But-, yeah, but just even the way, like when he died and things like that. Mm-hmm. Hang on, we've got a, someone entering the studio. What's going on? <gasps> we have a very sad boy. Oh, Elliot hit his head on the cabinet. Oh, dude. When you're playing. Oh, does, that, does he want to cuddle with daddy? Come give a cuddle to daddy then. Okay, do you, do you want to come say hello to Uncle Guy? Uncle Guy's here. Come say hello. You don't want to. Okay, he doesn't want to. Yeah. All right, give daddy a cddle then. All right, you hey, there. how you doing? Say hi. How's this handsome boy? Oh, I feel the same way, but <laughs> Give me a cuddle. Go on. Alrighty. So can Daddy and Uncle Guy do our show now, please? Need to dose a dad. Understandable. Head doesn't feel better. What if I kiss it better? Where does it hurt? Yeah, show me. Yeah, I give you a kiss oh, give me, come on. Give me. Does it feel better? <laughs> <gasps> what the? One more? <laughs> that feels better now, doesn't it? No. Last maybe one, one more. Last one. one. Ready? Last one. Don't get hooked. All right, you go with mommy now. Come on, good job, sweetie. Good job, I know. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> Bye, dude star. Bye. Ooh, can I can I get in some of that uh, <laughs> fart noise action? That'd be great. Uh, ooh. <laughs> so, welcome, welcome to Dando Dad Life. <laughs> You're very good at it. What happens when you go to granddad and grandma's house for granddad's birthday and when you say he's supposed to be home by 6.37 so that Ali can go to bed and they say no let him stay jump on the trampoline have some Pepsi would you like an ice cream with that Ali mm. oh now you can go home at 8.30 like <laughs> normally he'd be asleep by now but no he's awake and he's wide awake because he's full of ice cream and Pepsi mm, <laughs> alright so we're back we're back here we're doing Treehouse of Horror and we were just discussing how good Jerry Lewis was the man, the myth, the legend. Oh, yeah. Did such a great job. Yeah, it, it's, the, it's, it's, it's like it's the perfect guest role for him, isn't it? It really was. I'm wondering how easy or difficult he was to convince, how easy or difficult he was to work with, because Jerry, for all his glaven, uh, was a notoriously prickly character. Really? Okay. Yeah, particularly in the uh, later years of his life. Actually, I have seen interviews with him, and people try to get him to do his shtick, and he's just like, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> I think he got quite upset that people thought he was the same clown off screen that he was on screen. Yeah, they thought. Yeah, I mean, and it happens with people who have a very strong persona like that. I mean, apparently Sylvester Stallone is incredibly intelligent, very articulate, and all this stuff. And everyone's like, "You rock! You're gonna what? You gonna do this time?" It's like, <laughs> "You're Adrian." <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> I beg your pardon. <laughs> But do you think Sylvester Stallone, whenever he meets someone named Adrian, he says, yo, Adrian, just to make their day? <laughs> He'd have to, wouldn't he? No one's that, no one's that terrible. But yeah, no. from what I understand, Jerry Lewis, yeah, but could get a little prickly as a result of uh, 
I don't know, years of people thinking it was just this... Uh, <laughs> we can all get a little prickly in our day, though, can't we? Oh, absolutely we can. We also had guest appearances by an actual Nobel Peace Prize winner, uh, Dudley Hirschback, who was there with Jennifer Garner from TV's smash hit series, Alias. That, that is correct. I must admit, I, I don't know my Nobel Prize winners by heart. I'm sure you do, Dando. But when I saw the name Dudley Hirschback, I'm sorry, I probably mispronounced it just then, uh, and it came in the credits before Jerry Lewis. I'm like, I'm guessing that's the guy they got to voice Frank Senior. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so, oh, no, I think they got Jerry Lewis in and this Hirschbaum character. I've mispronounced his name like three different he times. He played now. himself. He did. Yes, yeah. he showed a nice dry sense of view. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just, like I said, even the guest appearances were worthy. here. And Oscar De La Hoya. Enjoying punching up Martin. I liked it. <laughs> I like punching this kid. Well, this kid's fun to punch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the, the writing was good. The, the guest appearance was good. Just a really solid Treehouse of Horror all around. I think this might be my favorite Treehouse of Horror since like the, since the last one. one. Yeah. yeah. No, since like the 10th or 11th one. I think this one just the most consistent from start to finish with laughs. I think this one's my favorite. I liked it. None were disappointing. Uh, the third one stopped the world I want to goof off. Probably the least of the three for mine. It was the least Halloween-esque, but yeah. yeah. I really like the concept, zone, wasn't it? We'll yeah. talk about that a bit more when we get to it. But I think that, I think the, the the middle one was the best. I liked Reaper Met, so I thought it was quite funny and quite mm. enjoyable. But Frankenstein, I think, was the real standout. I think Reaper, Mad, uh, Reaper Madness was the most like an old-school Treehouse of Horror segment. Mm. Yeah, whereas based around the, the family. But, um, but yes, very, very solid all round. Now, before we get into the trivia and all the good stuff... I've got to let you guys know that this week's listener question of the week mm. is, what is a simple one? What is your favourite Trias of Horror segment and why? <laughs> so we've posted that on the Facebook page, Instagram, uh, the Twitter, and to the patrons, and we'll run through some of our favourite answers in due time. Also, still coming up, we've got Guy Davis's New Name Championship has kicked off with a new season. Season 15 of the championship is here among us. Sit this one out, Philip Hawkins. <laughs> That's right. And uh, don't forget, guys, if you do enjoy everything we do here at Four Finger Discount, uh, you're going to be getting bi-weekly episodes of South Park and Seinfeld shows that we do, talking Seinfeld and going down to South Park, and bi-weekly of not only the one of our friends, but also the return of Tales of Futurama. Now, also, speaking of Tales of Futurama, we have a very special guest cameo appearance coming up later in this episode from one Mitch Grinter. He has a very special announcement, so stay tuned for that. But for now, Mr. Davis. Hey, my favourite... What was your favourite moment of Trails of Horror 14? Oh, you're starting with me. Are you okay? Fine. Um, bits that I liked from these various episodes. One mm. that I really liked at the end of uh, Reaper Madness was when, well, spoilers, but uh, Homer pulls a Swifty on God and makes a getaway. It just becomes like a cool motorcycle dude. So good. Uh, chasing him on a bike. I thought it was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> and the eighties getaway music. And God just deciding how uh, fuck this. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm too old and too rich for this. <laughs> so I enjoyed that very much. Uh what else did I dig? Look, there was a little uh quick static uh arty arty pie or arty pie? Uh, arty. Oh, like, uh, uh, oh shit, I should know this. This is a really arty. good question. Because I mean it's Hang on. The way they pronounce Artie, it could be Arnie. It's Arnie Pie in the sky. Arnie Pie. Arnie. There, was a, yep. there was a very brief Arnie Pie cameo in Stop the World, I Want to Goof Off. 
Oh, more, when they were going through the city, was it? Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm always happy to see uh, see what, Mr. Pie in the sky. What What was he doing there? What was the cameo? Oh, no, he was just in his helicopter. I don't oh, know. okay, yeah, yeah. I don't know if they actually. I think they had frozen stuff at that stage. It was very early on. Yep, yep. Fair but enough, I'm yeah. just happy to see that guy's face because I just yeah, love yeah, him. yeah. Yeah, he's my spirit animal. Uh, what else? <laughs> and at the risk of being an absolute perv, that traffic cop in in Sweden. Oh yeah, Stockholm. <laughs> I think I think the animators had a really good time putting that one together. Yes, I really enjoyed. Who wants to see Mr. Simpson harvest a soul? Someone tell me something about a free meal. I felt so sorry for the homeless guy, but just the when it cuts away, yeah, and all the kids cheer. I just and it's you always hear the same yay when everything yeah. really good happens. Yeah, yeah, I really liked that. Just that the, the cutaway, funny. I thought it was funny. Mm. I really like the I like the getaway I've got here as well. I liked clean but nauseous. <laughs> <laughs> Also, yeah, just all the different freakisms, but I like, I related so much to this, and the older you get, the more you relate to it. Marge walks in and goes, if you like space in the attic, boy, are you going to be happy with this? I was <laughs> like, that is so relatable. When I clean out the garage and I've just got some room, I'm just like, yes, I can take oh, on the world. I just, I love having space in the house space. now. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> just space, nothing there, just space. It's, it's amazing. I've also got here when Jennifer Garner says, you know, I don't believe our jobs are all that different. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. You there, eating the paste. All right, trivia for Trios of Horror 14. I shall kick things off. Go right ahead. In the beginning, two-part question. What were Bart and Lisa dressed as and what candy did, or what did Bart get have in his bag? Well, they were dressed as Charlie Brown and Lucy from Peanuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, oh, he got raisins. Yep. He got a library card. Oh, okay. That's not one of my answers. Okay, that must have been one of them. Yeah. Oh, okay. Then. Uh, and nicotine gum. I can't remember exactly. what Was it stale something? Circus peanuts. Circus peanuts. Well done. Yes. I'm trying to remember what circus peanuts actually are. Are they the peanuts in the shell? Or they've got like, or they, they have like sponge sugar on them or something? Or It's, it's the ones that sort of, c- cartoon peanuts. The the ones that like. Like Mr. Peanut. Got the, yeah, Mr. Peanut. Yeah, All right. Yeah. So it's peanuts in the shell. So yes. you've got you to de-shell them. Correct. Yes. Un- understandable why Bart. Too would much. Be. Too much work. Too much work for a nut. For a nut. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to work that hard to bust a nut. No, uh, not at all. <laughs> uh, Homer refers to the Jim Belushi show. Mm-hmm. What is the actual title of that show? Not according to Jim. It is according to Jim. Oh, it's according to Jim. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he might have had a different show before that. <laughs> I thought that as well, but I looked it up, and well. But I didn't look that hard. I mean, I just looked at the first <laughs> Google result. So there may well be a Jim Belushi show, but the first thing when I'm I typed s- in the Jim Belushi show, it came up as according to Jim. I thought there was a Jim Belushi show. Let me have a look. The Jim oh, Belushi show. I'm certain, I'm certain there was. I could be wrong, though, but uh, Jim Belushi... Um, no, maybe according to Jim started in 2001. So you'd think this aired in 2003, right? Yeah, 2003. So yeah. I guess that would have been according... Yeah. But I could have sworn that... The, John, the Jim Belushi show was a thing, but maybe I'm wrong. No. Yeah. I, anyway. No, no, they're looking through it. Yep. It's only the sitcom according to Jim. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Well played, sir. So my next question is for you. Mm-hmm. Who is the name of death that always visits Jasper? Doug. Doug, correct. Mm-hmm. Whenever I hear Doug, I think of the Nickelodeon. Remember the Doug show? Oh, you wouldn't remember it. No. Anim- an animated series called Doug. Great show. <laughs> I, I'm aware of... Was it called It's Doug? I thought it was just Nickelodeon's Doug. Okay. <laughs> but good show. It was always on Saturday mornings here in Australia. But yeah. Your next question. My next question. Is Professor Frank's full name? Ooh, good question. He does say that. Mm. 
Nah, you, get, you got me. What is it? It is John Nerdlebaum. Uh, Frank. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's impossible to talk about Frank about doing the voice, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know what's good? You can do the voice and not be a racist. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> Although one day nerds are going to rise up and say, you're being anti-nerdist. <laughs> At which point we'll push them into a locker. <laughs> <laughs> Wedge. A, one of the... One of my favorite guys on Twitter, uh, whenever anyone, you know, sort of pipes up and says, you know that Spider-Man No Way Home is probably going to be a shoe-in for Best Picture Oscar this year. He's found a screen cap from a terrific show called The Righteous Gemstones, which yeah. has a character saying, go outside, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> and just puts that up every time. I was like, good one. <laughs> I love it when you've, you nail a meme response to somebody mm. to the point where they just, they know they can't reply because like, you win. Yeah. You won. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My next question is, what tattoo does comic book guy have? He has Jabba the butt. Correct. Yes. Mm. Uh, what classic 80s new wave tune is playing as Jennifer Garner and Dudley Hirsch um, come on the stage at the Nobel Prize? Um, I don't know whether it's called this it's something about like blinded him with science or something is that what it's called you're so close blinded by science should i just give you the title yeah what is it it's she blinded me with science she blinded me with science by thomas dolby all righty yeah science uh, sorry that's it (laughs) it's one of the best (laughs) things it's it's this new wavy very 80s track and in the middle you've got this old dude saying science Was that a part of like Weird Science or something? No, no. It came out a few years prior to Weird Science. Okay, okay. See, I liked that moment in the sense that you had an actual Nobel Peace Prize winner with, you know, the hot star from the TV series Alias and Mm. they're playing like some pop song over the top. Like it's just commercialised the (laughs) Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, I thought it was hilarious. Uh, Alias, that was a good show, by the way. That's one of those shows that I've never watched, but I'm going to get into it. Same with 24. Never watched 24 either. Mm. If If you want, I've got all far... Well, it's probably on... One of the it's streamers. all on Disney Plus now. Yeah. It's on the streamers. Okay, yeah. I've got the I've got the Alias box set of DVDs Ooh. here. <laughs> I just bought for my dad's birthday. We got him the On the Buses box set. <gasps> you know what to get Guy for his birthday. Yeah, you like On the Buses? <laughs> do you like I, On the Buses? Do you? I'd, I'd like them in theory. There's a yeah. lot of a lot of things I like in theory. You'd, You'd put one in, hear the theme song for the menu, and go, "That's nice. Let's take it out now." Yes, let's. <laughs> I mean, ages ago, I found and downloaded like a bunch of Carry On movies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah just you know, I was about to say sleazy British sex comedies from the sixties, but they're actually they're fairly wholesome. <laughs> I mean, they're just they're dad jokes essentially. Yeah, <laughs> and every once in a while, it's like I don't want to have to think too much. I just want to sort of have a nice, warm, nostalgia bath. Mm, yeah, a carry-on movie just in the background. Yep. My next question is, where? Or what, sorry, what does Milhouse suggest they do um, when they when he realizes that they can stop time? Uh, he wants to get ahead on their homework. They want to get and what he wants to get into the red zone in for or the red section on Adventures in Reading or some shit. Correct, like that. red unit. Yeah, red unit. Yeah. Okay. Was it Adventures in Reading? Adventures in Reading, correct? Yes, oh. I thought. Um, I thought Milhouse had some good lines in that segment for sure. He was I like too. The, well, you say it first. Yes, I'm very. We've all much had like that moment. we all had that moment, have we? We was <laughs> like, I, I know you think I should know the answer, and I don't quite know it. But if you could just steer me in the right direction, I might be able to tell you. Um, do you have any more questions for me, or is I have, that you done? I have one more. One more. Okay. According to the lovely Agnes Skinner, 
Uh, a curvy spine is what? The Devil's Playground? You're very close. Devil's Devil's Dance Floor? Devil something. Of love. Roller coaster. Roller coaster. There's a lot of effort to get there. <laughs> you, I don't know. I thought you were saying do 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 the hustle. <laughs> like, the it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't a devil's hustle. Well, guys, oh, have, guys having a stroke. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, bye, Disney Nun Eyes. Love you. Bye bye. Sorry, I had a, a, a sad Elliot looking at me. I was just like oh. trying to listen. I was like, <laughs> I, I think I figured that was the case. I <laughs> Sorry for all the interruptions this week, listeners. Um, Elliot, this is what happens when Nicola takes bedtime. <laughs> there are other reasons for this. There are certainly other reasons. Full of ice cream and chocolate and KFC and all the other good stuff. Oh, for real? Mm. Yeah. Damn it, I was... Well, you've just... Now you've lit the, the fuse in my head because I've bought ingredients to make a lovely pork and pineapple stir fry. Something very nice and healthy. Nine o'clock at night. KFC has 24 nuggets for $10. There you go. Yeah, I know. So, and they, they, got the, they got the crunchy burger now, so... Oh, yeah, the zinger one, yeah. Oh, so nice. Anyway, they're nice. They're, they're nice. <laughs> All right, um, but they KFC was, should totally be paying us money by now, right? They really That's should. Every week we promote them. They really should. <laughs> but we have uh, no more trivia questions, so I think it's about time we take a short break so we can compose ourselves and get this thing back on track, Mister Davis, and return with our full in-depth review of Trials of Horror fourteen. Yeah. Four Finger Discount is proudly brought to you by our incredible $20 patrons, Jonathan Rossi, Steamed Ham Champion Dylan Haggett, Zach Pruitt, Andrew Zur, Timothy Burleson, Christopher Darby, Joel Yoland, Jordan Molman Ritchie, Katie G, Daniel Kotnick, Shannon Hofer, Jenna Rice, Reese Roberts, Adam Sanderson, Matt Thompson, George McMenemy, Keith Nedham, Stephen Roberts, Sean Devey, Bella Winderbank, David Stewart, Tom Pickering, Mark Boston Burgess, Groundskeeper Noah, and Declan Phoenix. Thank you so much for your ongoing support. Also, shout-outs to our new $5 plus patrons for the week, none other than Mitchell Hodgson, Will Thomas, and Jordan Gerdos. Thank you so much, guys, for your support, and welcome to the Four Finger Discount family. Hey, guys, enjoying the show? Well, what if I was to tell you that once you finish listening to this, you could also be listening to the next episode of Four Finger Discount? How do you do that? You just got to become a Four Finger Discount patron where you not only get early access to this show, but also the other shows we do here on the network, including Talking Seinfeld, The One About Friends, and Going Down to South Park. On top of that, you also get access to a bunch of exclusive podcasts, including The Movie Guys and our newly relaunched Tales of Futurama, available now exclusively on the Four Finger Discount Patreon. You also get access into the Four Finger Discount Facebook group, monthly prize draws, monthly Zoom calls with Guy and myself, and much, much more. Just go to patreon.com slash discount to join the Four Finger Discount family and get access to hours upon hours of exclusive content. The original air date of Treehouse of Horror 14 was in November the 2nd, 2003, directed by Stephen Dean Moore, and all three segments were written by the one, the only John Swartzwelder. There was no chalk gag or anything like that, obviously, because we had the cold open where, as we discussed earlier, Bart and Lisa returned dressed in their peanuts gear, they're going through their candy. Bart's disappointed with his candy. Lisa's got some good stuff, and they have a bit of a fight. It's just basically the family just kill each other, don't they? Very much so. In a very graphic way. They set Grandpa on fire, and Homer gets stabbed, and <laughs> I did Homer like, shoots Homer. I loved Homer's grunt when he was in pain. <laughs> he was more annoyed than anything, wasn't he? Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we're kicking off. I, I, but the thing is, 
I don't mind it because it sets the tone of what to expect in the episode. That is correct. One question quickly. I know we have mm-hmm. the, uh, the spooky names for the uh, creative talent. Uh, yeah. Is it has it always been James just one hug Brooks? No, uh, once it's, at least once it's been James Hell Brooks. Yeah, I always thought it was usually James Hell Brooks, but just yeah. one hug Brooks. I don't know for some reason I got a laugh out of that. <laughs> this is actually also the last Trials of Horror to have the organ at the end. Yeah, apparently they don't do it going forward. I'm not sure what they do, but it makes me sad. We're gonna have to wait till season sixteen, Treehouse of Horror fifteen. Yes, that is correct. Uh, but then the cold open ends with Kang and Kodos talking about how it's airing in November. I'm assuming this must be the first one to have aired in November, mm. making fun of that. And they've got their Christmas decorations up. A lot of people are doing that now. They're getting their Christmas decorations up earlier and earlier. <laughs> Not going to lie, we had our Christmas tree up the last week of November because we were just like, you know what? This has been another shit year of lockdowns. We just want some Christmas cheer in this house. It's going up. <laughs> Because we're we're big we're big Christmas people. I know you're not so much. You're you're Ebenezer Davis over there. I am indeed Ebenezer Good. Kicking off with Reaper Madness. Death arrives at the door. Death. We don't want any. Goes to slam the door, <laughs> but he, he has come for. But what do you think of the Run Like the Wind gag? I have to say, has March never heard Run Like the Wind by the great Christopher Cross? Come on. Probably, I guess not. <laughs> She's only ever read it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, but it's Run Like the Wind. Anyway, so this year the Benny Hill gag. I remember as a kid, I thought it was fucking hilarious when i was a kid i thought it was like the funniest thing right at well, least you grew this- up you grew up in a house where on the buses was the, the height of comedy so. yes <laughs> but I, I still liked um i still liked this i thought this was a far better use of the benny hill gag than when we had it in a star is born yes correct when um who was it helen fielding the author of the british yeah. giants books was in it and all that kind of because she was yeah. british she apparently does the hmm. benny hill thing but yep, look i'm i'm never unhappy when the benny hill music do you know what it's actually called, Dando? I don't. What is it called? It's called Yakety Sax. Yakety Sax. Okay. I probably Everything is funny with that music playing in the background. Isn't right? it? I think oh. I should have it at, at, as the opening music at my funeral or the closing music. <laughs> as you're being lowered into the... Yeah. Like, as guys, a, guys requested the special song. As, yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be an absolute piss? I'm sure someone's done it. Oh, it's the kind of thing Andy Kaufman would have done. Like, yeah. you've got to... Uh, uh, at my funeral, I don't want people to be sad. I want to send them out on a, on a high note. Yeah, so, as you know, your pallbearers take hold of your coffin. Someone presses play. They have to run with you on their shoulders. You sort of have to pick up the pace a little bit when that music comes. Oh, what a dope gag. You should totally suggest this. Tell Louise this. <laughs> no, Make sure I, she pens- no yeah. I like spending time with Louise. I don't want to dump me. So we get um we get death tripping over the chair, I believe. Oh, he's chasing after Bart. Yeah, Santa's little helper makes off with his leg at some stage. Oh, does he? Okay. I think so. Oh, yes, during the Benny Hill beat. That's, that's, that's oh, right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just after that, he, he trips over. Why you little? Please don't take me. Take Millhouse. We all know there's no happy ending there. Your time is up. This is for Snowball One and JFK. Oh, it's actually quite um, intimidating. Oh, the, the music was good when he throws his scythe and it like, like gets Bart and he's caught in the wall. But then there's the shot of him walking towards Bart and it's a front-on perspective and it's got the 
dark and gloomy music playing and mm. it's just like it's just, I thought it was a really cool visual but then Homer knocks him in the back of the head with a bowling ball I didn't notice I didn't pay attention I wonder if it's the one that he gave to Marge that says Homer on it that oh. I wasn't paying attention but this, that's for Snowball 1 and JFK and by killing death he's now created a world without death which means they're never going to cancel the Jim Belushi show a gag that no. seems very dated now it does indeed now, this, is, this episode's a bit of a riff on two things if you don't mm-hmm. mind me getting a little nerdy for a second First of all, it's a dark play on the Santa Claus. It is too, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Which, because he accidentally kills Santa. Yeah. yeah. Which, which, by the way, Disney Plus is bringing back in limited series form. Yeah. I was so excited to see that. <laughs> I was, okay, that's happening. I, I like Tim Allen. I know, you know you don't like Home Improvement. I grew up with Home Improvement. I liked Galaxy Quest. He won me over with Galaxy Quest. Yeah. Like, he was fucking great in that. I don't, I don't mind Tim Allen at all. I mean, and I, he's, the voice of, he's the voice of Buzz Lightyear. He is indeed. I think I have a natural affinity for Tim Allen's far from an underdog. I mean, that guy is probably low. Sleeping on a pile of money surrounded by many beautiful ladies. He was the highest paid actor in comedy and TV, wasn't he, for a while? Yeah. I mean, as you said, he's in an unimpeachable classic like Galaxy Quest. He's, you know, the voice of Buzz Lightyear. Home Improvement was the biggest show of the 90s. Yeah, and... Were, and he went, to, he went to prison for drug smuggling, didn't he, or something? Yeah, but he apparently ratted out some of his people or something. Oh, okay. some, <laughs> so that's not cool. Stitches get snitches, Tim. <laughs> but um, I'm inclined to like the guy. I really am. I mean, I'm just, I don't like it when there's pylons, when people are like, eh, we're too cool for Tim Allen. It's like, would Galaxy Quest have been better with Kurt Russell? Maybe. But I think Tim Allen did a very good job. <laughs> but you know, the thing is, all these people... If Tim Allen came to their party and said, to infinity and beyond, they'd all fucking be like, we're not worthy. We're not worthy. <laughs> Thanks for coming to my party, Mr. Allen. <laughs> Would you sign my, my buzz? <laughs> I really liked Santa Claus 3. <laughs> Which was the one that had Martin Short in it? I think that might have been 3. That was 3. I never saw number 3. Yeah. <laughs> I stopped at 2. I was like, I'm done. That's enough. Yeah. Well, well, there's more. Anyway. Yeah. But it's a riff on that. But... The- and now I've got the other thing. Oh, and it's also a bit... This is a movie I really like. Not a lot, not a lot of people do. Meet Joe Black with Brad Pitt. Mm, see, I always... For some reason, I thought... I confused it. What's the one that has the monkey in it? Is well, that, that's 12 monkeys. No, no, no. It's not Brad Pitt movie. It, <laughs> a, not just one monkey, but 12 monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Congo. There's another... There's a, there's another monkey movie. Is it Joe something? A Mighty Joe Young. Mighty Joe. I always got those confused. Whenever okay. I saw that at the video shop, I was like, is that? I'm like, no, it's not the monkey one. It's the Brad Pitt one. This is <laughs> where, yeah, Brad Pitt is basically the embodiment of death and he decides, hmm, ah. he, life looks really nice. I'm going to take a break from being death for a few days and allow this billionaire to show me around and might fall in love with the billionaire's hot daughter and all this kind of stuff. That's what Meet Joe Black is. That sounds interesting. I never watched it. It's really good. I mean- Okay, it's not really good, but it's good. And I think you have to be in a certain mood for it. If it goes for like three hours. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, and this is back <laughs> This is back in 1998 when not every movie went for two and a half to three hours. Well, I, I've realised I can no longer complain about having to sit down and watch a three-hour movie because I sat down for five and a half hours and watched a tennis match last night. So. <gasps> oh, yeah. I didn't watch it last night. But, and I, I think Louise sort of, uh, the lovely Louise, fell asleep or, or had to... Um, Said, no, I'm, I can't make it. I can't make it at the end. I remember watching it. I sat down, I was watching the whole thing, and they showed that the time on the tennis, and they zoomed in and it said midnight. And I was like, what? What? I was like, the fuck? I've been sitting for four hours? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> it was that good, clearly. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so now when I see a three hour movie, I can't complain now because I sat there for five hours and it flew by. So if it's a good movie, I'm sure it won't matter how long it goes for. Uh, there, there is that old saying, a. Uh, 
a good movie is never long enough and a bad movie is always too long. Yes, exactly. So meet Joe Black. Check it out if you haven't already. So this is based on that, and it's based also a little bit on, as you said, the Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Sorry, that was a... Feel free to edit half that shit out there. <laughs> no, that's all good. We then get all various people not being able to die. So Frankie the Squealer, why won't you die? If I knew, I'd tell you. <laughs> Calls his wife. Mo trying to hang himself. He, he finally is deciding to end it, and it's just not working for him. But the thing is, though, the gag kind of didn't work the episode after Mo Baby Blues when he's just found a reason to live. True. <laughs> but Swatswater wasn't to know. Then, I really liked Homer's description here of death. Death, we miss you so much. You were a busboy in the restaurant of life, clearing away the oldies and the sickies and the chokies, and you made NASCAR racing exciting. Marge says he should take him out to the curb. So curb your enthusiasm had already started, right? I'm guessing so, yeah. I think it started in 2001. Let's have a look. Curb. I remember it's been 2000 it started. Curb mm. your enthusiasm. enthusiasm. It started in the year 2000, yes. Mm. He then tries on the robot after chucking death just the, the bones into the bin. Finally, he's found a dead guy's clothes that finally <laughs> fit him. And then his hand turns into a, a skeleton, to the bone, and he, he becomes the Grim Reaper. Yes. And occasionally I'll kill out of anger, or just to prove a point, but I'm not going to be doing this. I'm not going to be the Grim Reaper. <laughs> Shrinks his balls. He says he'll, he'll reap, he'll reap. Then he goes around killing various people, including Jasper, the uh, the homeless guy at the school. Like I said, I just love that. <laughs> I did. Lo- I loved it. And Lisa's introducing him at, uh, at yeah. bring your dad to school day or what my daddy does for a day and home. It just waves his little skeleton hand <laughs> at the kids. <laughs> I thought that was awfully cute. I felt so sorry for the homeless guy because he looked so earnest. Someone mm. say something about a hot meal. Yeah. He's just like takes his hat off. He's just oh, he's, he's, he's so sort of much. he's kind of humble and <laughs> he just dies and but the the cap return. Yay! Yeah. That that feels really <laughs> Schwartzwell, didn't it? It feels yes, it feels very classic Simpsons, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. We then get various people getting killed at the baseball game so we can get better seats, seats. <laughs> including yes, rich dowager lady or whatever. I mean, probably not the original dowager lady with the. No, it was. You know, it was. Oh, I would have liked the, you know, the monocle to pop out or something. Oh, oh no. <laughs> then he wakes up and realises that Marge is the next person on his list. Anything but this. I felt re- I felt really bad from this. What a terrible moral dilemma. What would you do? Would you kill yourself or would you I kill- I would indeed. I write down here, no, Homer, take the bullet. Or do what Homer did and kill the sister-in-law. That's true. I like that they played up that he, that he killed her, didn't he? He's taken up to the top of the mountain. I mean, as a viewer, you know, that's not going to be Marge, but it, you, you go along well, you, with it. You never can tell with a treehouse forest. Sometimes they get a little dark. Yeah, that's true. And this one has already gotten a little bit dark, and God doesn't want to release him. Well, come on. <laughs> From this ghastly vocation. It's, yeah. it's good writing by, by a man Swartz. <laughs> and particularly... I love how eloquent he is. Now release me from this ghastly vocation. And then he's, oh, yeah. he's like, it's Patty, chump. <laughs> Chump's on a bite. Chump is just a great insult. I'm, I'm such a huge fan of Chump. Yeah. It's like it's not offensive, but it's enough to go, hey, <laughs> you've just got a Chump. Absolute, you've got absolute disregard for this person. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's going on, Chump. <laughs> oh, I love it. Anyway. <laughs> uh, God was too old and too rich to chase him, so he stops. He gets stopped by the train. Then we get Marge. She's got the short hair now. And we're just, we're just, that's the end of it. She's just thankful that Homer didn't kill her. And he says, I won't kill you. I'll not kill you every week. Yeah, just because if he gets paid off in pork chops. Yes. The next segment is called Frankenstein. Homer gets a call about winning a Nobel Peace Prize. I really I like this. It. For what? My whole My deal? deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very funny. Um, just a lot of passing comments in here that sort of, sort of 
you go, what, did, did I just hear that right? Was that because they just go straight yeah. to the next gag? I thought it was very funny. Yeah. Lisa says um, she'll tell Frank about it all, and and speaks uh, Swedish. Yes, and he's very taken back by that. <laughs> Yump and yiminy. Then but she goes to see Frank, and he explains he probably won it because of his his hammer screwdriver. It's been a very slow year. And he wishes his father was there to see it because he was always a disappointment. He was one of those he-man scientists who worked the atom bomb by day, slept with Marilyn Monroe by night, and sold cigarettes <laughs> to the Russians at lunch. <laughs> <laughs> it, I'll tell you what, Jerry Lewis is actually really, really good casting as a guy. Because, I mean, you look at his earlier stuff when he was doing stuff with Dean Martin, and he is very kind of, you know, young and gawky. And, Yay! Yeah, yeah. But as Wacky, he got older... Yeah. 60s and 70s and that he sort of he beefed up a, not beefed up but he filled out a little bit he wasn't this skinny dork anymore he was a man he was and he, he kind of looked like the wrong guy to fuck with it's <laughs> <laughs> like nicola says to me now she's like when i married you like you're like you're like really thin and stuff you're like you're lean and what you're fit but she's like now you've like you've put weight on but not in a fat way you've just Grown Pop. up, yeah, you <laughs> <popped> up. <laughs> so um, yeah, I completely, I completely know what you mean about Jerry Lewis. Yeah, yeah, he, you know, he had that sort of sixties slick back hair, and he, he looked like he knew people who would mess you up. He looked like he'd be friends with Fat Tony, yeah, you know, and it's like, that, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I couldn't do a Fat Tony, so I'm just going to do a Godfather. Uh, that Jerry Lewis makes me laugh. This guy disrespecting him. Uh, you know what to do. Yeah, uh, goes. Hey, you're not going to see him no more. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. That was, that was almost spot on the Don from last week, the Bambino. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Another one to add to the repertoire. I don't want to go on this oceanographic expedition, Father. I get seasick taking a shower. Clean but nauseous. Clean but nauseous. With the rolling and the heaving and the you make me sick. You've disgraced the name of John Nardlebaum, Fring. But, Father, I... <laughs> but uh, Lisa says that she can help patch up their differences, and then he reveals there's been more to be patched up than that because mm-hmm. his body's been eaten by a shark because he was trying blood-based suntan lotion. <laughs> but he, he says, well, now, I can, now that I've got my hammer screwdriver, I can reanimate him without the need to have to swap tools because it's tedious and annoying. <laughs> <laughs> he reanimates him. I'm thinking, but I've got here, why didn't you do this beforehand? You already had your screwdriver in that, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. So he, he reanimates him. Um, he's replaced several key organs with machinery. You have no penis in a traditional sense. <laughs> so he's not, but he's not happy with this at all, though. He's, he's still putting Frank down. Yeah. You know, what am I, some Tim Can man from Planet Tomorrow? <laughs> That's it, yeah. So he says he's going to get in a real spleen. He bursts through the wall. Lisa basically explains the story. In case you didn't understand what he said, guys, he's going to go tear organic, uh, tear um, organs from living people. Also, shout out to Lisa for really nailing the 20th century. Everyone's worried and the stock market sucks. And nothing has changed. <laughs> yeah. Nearly 20 years on. <laughs> if anything, we're more worried now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like now we are worried about even more trivial things. Maybe it's just because I'm older and I have more things to worry about, more responsibilities. But I just think people just they they just get so anxious and worked up over the most trivial shit. I'm like, just chill. Well, I know, but I get the feeling the last three years have sort of put us on perpetual not red alarm, but we're told to worry and be, be re- scared. Be all ready, the time. just be ready. Yeah. <laughs> You never know what's going to happen. We might be locking down or what? Uh, sorry, we're not going to get political or social on. They're like podcast, people but. aren't scared of Omicron anymore. Time to bring out the sequel, Son <laughs> of Omicron. I can't believe it's Son of Omicron's out there. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, so we've got um, Frink. He has been reanimated and he's burst through the wall. And he's going to go tear some organs out of people, as we said. Starting off with Ned, who has just came first in the walk for the cure for homosexuality. I was like, oh my. Oh, Ned. Hey, 700 Club, you look like a healthy specimen. Well, I did finish first in the walk for the cure of homosexuality. Say, ah, uh, baby. Ah. Uh, oh. I'm dying. And there's heaven. But who's that? Confucius and Milton Burl. Boy, have I been barking up the wrong tree. Skinner then gets his spine ripped out. Feel sorry for Skinner here. Poor Skinner. <laughs> Kirby's spine is a devil's roller coaster. Very good line. <laughs> and just, and just giving him grief as he's lying yeah. there, just with his organs ripped out. You're always a disappointment. No, no spine, huh? <laughs> We then get like the, the staying alive walk with um with Frank with various organs and things and he's got Sideshow Mel's hair and Snake's arm and stuff and Lisa calls him out and says, How can you not beat your son's ceremony? It's the most important day of his life. So he flies to Stockholm to be there and uh, we've got the what was his name? The Nobel Peace Prize winner. Dudley Hirschberg? Hirschback. 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 That is Well, third time's a charm. I almost yes. got there. He uh, explored the behavior between individual molecules in a chemical reaction. And he's joined by the sexy star of TV's alias. You're forgetting the sexy traffic cop. I'm sorry. We need to talk about this more. Oh, more. Okay. We more, don't. More, more of the buttocks? <laughs> actually, we don't. I just need but to don't they what? actually... Isn't there a place where that's a thing? Maybe it's just bikinis. <laughs> not full nude, but... I think in Queensland, on the Gold Coast for a while, they had like... Well, they, they had meter maids. Yeah. Meter maids. Yeah. But I thought they had traffic cops somewhere that wore bikinis and stuff. I wouldn't wish that on anyone, particularly not an inf- a law enforcement officer. I mean, I get the feeling you actually have to be a, an actual cop to be a traffic cop. And asking a traffic cop to put on a bikini to, while they're you go, you stay, it feels a tad demeaning. I'm, I'm looking here and um, I don't see anything about it. So, <laughs> I think you made this up in your head. It was in my dreams, yes. <laughs> hey, Dando, mm. you can go. <laughs> I won't ever tell you to stop. It's like, oh, there you go. <laughs> we, we, we better stop. We better stop. <laughs> but yeah, so they're at the, they're at the ceremony. <laughs> Nicholas Dick said, what, what, what? However, I can't help being somewhat disheartened that my father has become a marauding ghoul. Not anymore, son. <laughs> I'm here to accept the Nobel Prize for stupid. Can you forgive me? <laughs> Well, good and Dad. You've made receiving the Nobel Prize the happiest day of my life. Oh, Oh, the hug is good. This is what the Nobel Prize is all about. The science and the love and that physics we call quantum. Ain't that right, people? (laughs) What a great crowd. You all have such big hearts and such big brains with large, juicy, dripping with knowledge heads. (gasps) That's it. I'm going smorgasbord on these poindexterments. And I thought Halle Berry went nuts during her acceptance speech. I wish I was death again. That was cool. I was going to hear very gross. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, ripping, just ripping everyone's brains out. I was like, ugh, disgusting. It's like it's one of those things you don't, you, they might sort of cut away at the last minute, some, but it's not often you see him just ripping brains out of people constantly mm. on, the, on the Simpsons Trails of Horrors, but he went for it. And Homer, I wish I was death again. That was cool. <laughs> he, I, I like that they have sometimes where they have throwbacks to previous segments. So they had it in Trials of Horror 5 with Willie with the axe. Is that a shout out to a previous segment? That's 
yeah. pretty neat. <laughs> um, he, he's getting smarter and smarter. You know, the pyramids are built by Sears and everything. He then gets kicked in the groin. I've got here, why does that kill him? Exactly getting kicked in the groin? To stop him, Frank kicks him in the groin. And he's like, oh, you're dying again. And I'm like, why are you dying from getting kicked in the groin? Probably just some of the arcane knowledge that he's picked up along the way. I don't know. It Who worked. Knows? We're it near the matter. end. Yes. Yeah, we're, near the end. we're near the end. We need him to die. But he dies in a very Frank way. Now it's time for me to go to hell. That's right. And Frank <laughs> is showing off that he's actually still alive via the soul catcher. It must be tough to win the Nobel Prize and lose your father on the same day. Oh, I didn't really lose my father. Thanks to my latest invention, the soul catcher. Let's bring it out and look at it. I may be a soul, but I'm hungry. Can you throw in a little matzah? Maybe a nice piece of fish. Why, of course, Father. Allow me to satisfy your Hebraic desires. That's a good schmendler. Oh, I've waited so long to hear you say that. What does it mean? Is it dirty? Final segment of Treehouse of Horror 14. Stop the world, I want to goof off. Indeed. Begins with Marge. Okay. Well, may I just say, uh, this was inspired by, apparently... Uh, a Twilight Zone episode. I was going to say, I said this, I felt very Twilight zone didn't it? Yeah. It is. Now, um, this is, there was a version on the original Twilight Zone, the black and white one, called kind of like a stopwatch, I believe. But I recalled it because of me. I'm um, sorry. <laughs> uh, there was the 80s remake of the Twilight Zone, and they did a version called A Little Peace and Quiet, where... This woman, uh, she's a mother and a housewife and all that. And she, you know, the kids are always yelling and her husband's always like, where's my, where's my lunch? And all this kind of business. She finds a, uh, a mystical amulet buried in the backyard that gives her the power to freeze time. Every time she says, shut up, the world stops. And then when she says, stop talking, it starts again. Good stuff ensues until the very end when, <laughs> and this is the heart of the Cold War, Russia has fired weapons, nuclear weapons at America. Everyone's panicking. Our hero, our hero says, shut up, shut up, shut up. And everything freezes just as the missiles are about to land. Now she can either say, start talking in and they go off or she has to live forever by herself. Oh. Yeah. Twilight Zone, man. It was directed by the late, great Wes Craven of Scream fame. Oh, wowee. Yeah. They had some, it was, a, it was a really good one, the 80s Twilight Zone. It was the first time I saw Bruce Willis, actually, prior to Moonlighting. It was in an episode called Shatterday, which I think was also directed by Wes Craven. And I believe it's uh, on YouTube. I'm, I, I might do a bit of a link for our friends on the patrons page on Facebook. The Twilight Zone is one of those shows I've always wanted to watch. I just never got around to it. Same with Tales of the Crypt. I've never watched it. Likewise. I mean, I've seen a few Tales of the Crypt, and but it's one that I get, I mean, because I really dig horror. And I get the feeling, yeah, I think they sort of went for the, they, they went for the gusto with this one. They actually got a bit bloody and all that kind of business. So I really should watch some Tales of the Crypt. But yeah, Twilight Zone's fantastic. And what was the one called? The 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 the, the episode? Uh, the original fifties one was called kind of like a stopwatch. I've never seen that one. Yep. And the but one that the, was a woman. The eighties one was called a little peace and quiet. A little peace and quiet. Okay, I'm definitely going to check that one out tonight. Thank yeah. you for the heads up, Mister Davis. Oh, I'm here to help. <laughs> this episode, this segment kicks off with Marge saying that she's cleaned out the attic, and as I said, very relatable. You know, you like space in the attic, boy. You're going to be happy with this. <laughs> she they start going through all the old comics, something with the Jackson Five, and I think it was. Batman and Rhoda or something. Yeah, yeah. 70s comics were great like that. There really was one where Superman took on Muhammad Ali. The crossover central, yeah. Yeah. I can't remember exactly how it played out, but it just had that great cover of like Superman in the in the red and blue tights in the ring up against Muhammad Ali. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> how's this going to work? 
<laughs> but they um they find the ad, and that's one of the things I loved about getting like Mad Magazine, all the fake ads just at the back there. Mm. Um, for the, they find the ad for the you, stopwatch. You would have been you would have been too young for that shit, but you wouldn't have. Did you have comics where that had ads for stuff and like? Well, Mad like, Magazine had, but they weren't real. I know that yeah. I would get magazines that would say send away, you know, send away three coupons, or whatever, and you'll get this in return, kind of thing. Yeah, but yeah, the, the whole comic. I was really into comics. I was just more into sort of like. Disney magazine or dinosaur yeah. magazine, more magazine-based yeah. subscriptions as opposed to comics, but yeah, yeah similar kind of thing. Because when I was growing up, they had yeah, comics like that where, you know, you could send away for sea monkeys, look at this incredible family, and you get them in their brine shrimp. Yes. Or yeah. send away for x-ray specs. Wow, you'll be the head of every party by being a pervert. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and of course, yeah, they don't do shit. <laughs> but if you so, use your imagination, it's like, no... They must do something because the magazine said they do something. Like she's wearing nothing at all. Yeah. <laughs> but Millhouse has changed. I, I love that John Lovitz has become my default voice. Any time I'm kind of a perv or enthusiastic about something. Wow, I can't wait. <laughs> it's sort of a cross between like John 50, Lovitz 50, and Trey 50's Parker. Or oh, 50s news reporter, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Great report. Yeah. Yeah, so, all right. <laughs> Back to back to the episode. Sorry. Speaking of, speaking of, if you like your South Park, check out Going Down to South Park available wherever you find your podcast. <laughs> if you want to hear more of that voice. <laughs> or or Cartman voice. Guy's <laughs> Cartman voice. <laughs> <laughs> Just <All right>. <laughs> Very good stuff. Anyway, so yeah, they're sent away four weeks later, it arrives. Amazing that they're still in business. Yeah, yeah, that's that's obviously some thirty years later. What I like about it was though that this felt like a very sort of like fifties Twilight era, Twilight Zone era episode. So the fact that they got something from like a fifties era comic, it mm. fit. You know, it, it made it sense. It did absolutely, yeah. But uh, but he stops, so he stops time and says that Lisa looks like a background character in a Hanna Barbera cartoon. And then restarts time and Lisa's picking her nose. But he explains here that you know just if you're both if we're both touching the watch, then we won't freeze. So it plays hmm. into the story later on. And we get um, various stills of, of time frozen. I liked Lenny and Carl with the car crash. Just That's when Arnie Pie came. Oh, okay. Yes. And they, Milhouse explains, we can do anything we want now. Milhouse wants to do some homework, but has some better ideas. <laughs> I, really, I thought all the gags were quite funny here. You know, Skinner, oh, my slacks have descended. <laughs> They've descended. Yeah, that's a great line. Some good Skinner stuff is... Uh, this yeah, episode. yeah. And I really liked Homer with the donuts. The, my favorite part was him, <laughs> him trying to fool the donuts. Having his back turned going. <laughs> but it's funny. I, invariably, when you've got these kinds of stories, when mm, I can freeze time, what will I do? Nudity invariably comes into mm-hmm. it. Yeah, yeah. And, get, and getting Nelson as well. It just it was perfect. I thought oh, it was yeah. a very, very, very funny little scene here. But Homer, if you're not trying to stab himself, turns into a banana. And then he's just, and then just like you said, the final chair on the cake, naked. It's <laughs> just the, the final humiliation. <laughs> as, as, um, as Jerry Seinfeld says in the recent episode we, we reviewed, it was like, that's it's final. There's nothing else to go. Like, you're, you're naked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we get the various sign changes at the front of the town hall meeting. The mayor says he's been repeatedly humiliated. He's wearing all different costumes, but he has covered the meeting hall with ultraviolet powder to catch the the criminals. And they realize it's Bart and Milhouse. And Sideshow Mel gets another line here. He's, he's now become the go-to, I've got something to say. Say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> let us kill them before learning of the magic secret that they possess. Mm. And they stop time just as the mob's about to kill them. And Wiggum's fired the bullet and whatnot. But they have broken the watch, unfortunately. Well, but fortunately, I mean, they've got a book that uh, teaches them how to fix it. The only thing about it, though, was like... Oh, sorry. Did we, I've skipped A little bit, yeah. But the only thing about it was that... So, Milhouse, or one of them says... Oh, 
but that means we can now do whatever we want and no one can stop us. I'm like, but isn't that what you've already been doing? Yeah. Like, like no one can stop you already? I don't get it. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, they can basically do whatever they want. And Milhouse is happy because he's now the second coolest kid on earth. That's a goofy dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like that they've got like, the house full of goodies and just, yeah, basically living living their best life, just getting all the, all, everything they ever, <laughs> ever wanted. And Bart has washed his family and stuff, and Milhouse is punching Oscar De La Hoya, but not below the belt. <sighs> you know, Milhouse, I thought I'd love eating only frosting and giving the Pope a wedgie. But I miss being a regular kid in the real world. Getting a hug from my mom. Yeah, I thought I'd be happy with my parents back together, but it's kind of hollow. What I liked about it was the line, you know, getting cuddles from mum. Like, when yeah. you're a kid, even when you say your mum or your parents embarrass you, a cuddle from mum can fix everything, you know? <laughs> if you're lucky enough to still have your mother. or A, a, a cuddle from a, a, a parent figure of some well, kind. Well, in all honesty, I don't know if it's going to make the final cut, listeners, but I was actually privy to this um, earlier tonight when young Elliot Dando was not feeling so crash hot and needed some tender loving care from his old man. It was a, it was a lovely sight to see, folks. <laughs> I'm sure it was. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, so Millhouse has uh, taped his parents together. It's kind of sad, but funny at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> so, so desperate to have them back together again. And then they look up the watch repair book. It's supposed to take eight one-hour sessions. 15 years later. Years later. <laughs> and they realise that they'll be in trouble once they start time again, so they need a scapegoat. Poor Martin. But Martin really is the perfect scapegoat for this scene, isn't he? He kind of is. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's the kind of person you could buy say, inventing a gadget like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I just love that they didn't shy away from him getting beaten up. It's like, no, yeah, this this kid just got beaten to death. Yeah. <laughs> from Oscar De La Hoya as well. And they, they, so the, what I also like, just before they put Martin in front of the mob, they walk through Springfield. And just the mm. aftermath of 15 years of them doing, able to do whatever they want, <laughs> just shit going on everywhere. I really liked the visual of that. They push play on, on time. And as Mo says, I'm going to repeat what I said just a moment ago. You are so dead. And Oscar Dalhoy is beaten off and whatever. But the family are wondering, why is Bart so old and why is he so big now? And Lisa explains, it's obviously because he fucking stopped time. That's why. Yeah. And she, she she wants to be able to you know, fuck around with it as well. So Homer says, let the baby have a bottle. That's a, that's a nice callback as well. I mean, I don't know if Homer uses that line a lot, but I do recall him using it very early on. Then let the baby have his bottle. You know, he's trying to explain something to Bart. I, th- I think you're right when he's like giving advice for something. He's like, yeah. don't, don't worry about it. All right, baby bottle let's have a look then let the baby have his bottle uh yes so in lisa's substitute when Ma- when when martin wins the class president or whatever ah so let the baby have his bottle huh that's my motto yeah you're right yeah just giving good back when homer gave good fatherly advice and he was a good dad <laughs> <laughs> yeah so he gives it to lisa as i said she pushes the other button so they turn into i, I want to say it's the married with children cast is that right oh that's a good point um it looked like Peggy and Al. I don't think it was them. It wasn't? No. We may have to frinky act this. Because, yeah. I'll get a screenshot right now and I'll send it to you on Facebook. Can you tell me what it is, all right? Okay, you do that. What's the song they sing at the end? Fuck around the clock. Now, this also had a bit of an ending like another Twilight... Uh, not Twilight Zone. Another Treehouse of Horror episode. You know the one where Homer kept going back into time? Yes. And kept coming back, and the family was always this, different. This one That's, felt like that, didn't it? Yeah. It reminded me of that a bit. Yeah. Okay, so I'm, I'm looking in Messenger. All right, so I've got the screenshot here. I'll send it through to you. Oh. Um, yeah, see, that's... Because the daughter doesn't look like... And the baby doesn't no. look like... Well, that's baby Gerald. 
I don't know who this is meant to be because it looks like Peggy and Al, right? But Mar- but Marge doesn't really look like Peggy. Peggy never would never sort of she was trailer trashy. Like she wore leopard. I mean, she, she, she dressed trashy, print. but but she wasn't like a big girl in short shorts. I don't know. I don't know. I the wiki page explains what it is. Causing them to switch switch genders. Oh, maybe it's just switching genders. It says here on the wiki page, it causing them to switch genders, become bobbleheads, TV guides, and the Fantastic Four. So maybe it's meant to be switching genders. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I remember the Fantastic Four. So maybe it's meant to be switching genders. Who knows? Because that's what, oh, that would explain why Maggie's now Baby Gerald. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's not that important. <laughs> but as I just said, yes. <laughs> Despite all the time we spent on it, yes, yeah, they're also, it's not that important. Uh, the bobbleheads and oh, like the Fantastic Four as well. And then he gets Fantastic them. And he says, stop it when they've got the hula hoops because they're going to have a lot of fun with that. Desi to rock around the clock. Yeah, it's, as you said, very similar to Time and Punishment, that ending there for sure. But all in all, I thought this was a really solid Trials of Horror, and I think it's maybe, I went back and through the last three or four, I think it's my favourite Trials of Horror I've reviewed with you. I think Oh, okay. I think there's, been, there's probably been better segments here and there, but I think mm-hmm. as an entire trilogy, for an entire episode, this has been my favourite in since like season like 11 I'd say I'm going to think about this a little more yeah but I don't entirely disagree with you yeah what, what do you think was your favourite of the three I like Frankenstein Frankenstein was yeah it was good I think I prefer the first one just because it felt more old school classic Simpsons maybe because it was based around a Simpsons family member with, with Homer but so I suppose the last one was as well but mm, anyway. quite possibly but, but I like Jerry what did we learn Palmer so what did you learn from the episode Mr. Davis I learned that there is more to life than just uh, living for myself. I'm getting flashbacks. Something's happening. What? What is this? Deja vu. Sorry. Hang on. Am I? Have I joined the wrong meeting? What's happened here? Who are you? This voice sounds familiar. <laughs> is that Dando? Are you still doing this show? Depends who's asking. <laughs> Surely, actually, there are probably other listeners that have no idea. Do we need to introduce me? It's me, Mitch. I am Mitch. We do mention you from time to time. So this is the um, the legendary Mitch Grinter. Yes. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, I'm very well. You know what actually broke my heart about, you know, you mentioned me from time to time is that amazing artwork on the, um, well, it's on the Four Finger Discount Patreon page, if if not on the, the main page itself, the banner with, you know, yourself and Guy behind the desk and all yeah, of the references. Yeah. And then we've got, the Poochie standee saying, where's Mitch? Yeah. When you bring that up on your mobile phone, Poochie gets cropped out. Oh, so, no. So, where's Mitch doesn't exist. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> well, a real slap in the face. That wasn't intended, I assure you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how are you, mate? Yeah, yeah. Getting through two kids, Um, you know. Oh, you don't really know what parenthood's like, do you? You haven't, haven't, got, haven't got any kids or anything? Well, not Yet, Mr. Dando, not yet at all. But no, um, uh, fantastic segue. How could I, you know, could not have done better. You haven't lost touch. Um, <laughs> Ash and I, and I am here to, you know, just, well, happily announce and also just touch base with listeners that might be wondering where's Mitch. Uh, Ash and I having a, our first child um, based on some light babysitting duties that I did over the weekend, probably only child and based um, that our first child is due in early May, uh, May it? the 6th. So oh, nearly hopefully Wars, for baby. your sake, we can push that out two days early. Yeah. Yeah. So is it actually your first or is the other one in the attic with a bucket of fish heads? First that I'm admitting to <laughs> and uh, first the government knows about. Yes. Congratulations. Well done, sir. Well done. Thank you very much. A lot of hard work going put in by yourself. and You know, surprisingly little. Uh, <laughs> no, not, not, not that surprising, really. <laughs> I No, well, <laughs> I'm 33, Ash 30, 
She's only 30, isn't she? What year is it? She's 31. <laughs> 32. Ash is 32. Oh, okay. um, 31 when we when the, when this happened. Um, but I was thinking that, you know, based on maybe some more advanced stages and plenty of friends that I've known that have tried for quite a while, I was like, oh, well, this is probably going to be a few months of good solid effort. Nah. Um, first time. Yeah. I, I swear, literally within minutes, the stick was coming up positive and I was put up on blocks again for the next five, <laughs> six months and counting. <laughs> so... Um, but did you get to so you, did you get to the point where it was like because they have it all planned out? I say they, I mean the, the lovely ladies in our lives. Mm. It's like this is the best time. Quick, drop your pants. We're doing it now. Did you ever? That have was that, pretty much how yeah, it worked. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah it the, was. Paid the crickets on. Like. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was the middle of winter, so that wasn't too bad okay. for us. Um, but yeah, it, it was. Uh, I was being foisted upon with all sorts of vitamins and and the word motility is a word that I never need to hear again. Mm-hmm. Like I don't like to think about. KPIs for my sperm. Yep. I just like them to be. <laughs> and I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to be sitting there like a taskmaster telling them that they're not swimming fast enough. Was Was there certain poses pulled post? Um, a la the Big Lebowski, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just popping the legs up. No, 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 no. Uh, I'll take that no, as a yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was until I mentioned the Big Lebowski, and that made us laugh too hard to. <laughs> To sustain, um, maybe, they, maybe it jiggled everything around a bit and got got her pregnant faster. Who knows? Jiggled everything around inside. She's not a paint can. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, congratulations. Thank you very much. Now I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to becoming a dad, um, which is not something that uh, I would have said two years ago. So it's it's nice to be in a different headspace. I think I had reached a point that everything that I wanted to do for myself, I had done. I think. COVID probably put a hurry on this as well. There were still a couple places we would have liked to have traveled to in the world, but you know, that hasn't been able to happen. So, um, you know, we find ourselves in this position where for lack of anything better to do, we're having a child. Yeah. If there's any better reason for having a child, I have no idea. I just realized that this is going to be recorded for posterity and somewhere way down the track, said child might be listening to it. So, honey, if you're listening, no, that's pretty much the truth. I'm sorry. I can't sugarcoat this. <laughs> Maybe one day your daughter and my son, or maybe my other daughter, Holly, might uh, be hosting the show. Maybe once Guy and I get through the entire series, they can just take over and just continue it on again. I hope they find something better to do with their lives <laughs> than that. <laughs> that All right. Well, it's been lovely to talk to you, sir. We'll have to get you back on more often in season 15 now that we've got you back here on the show. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to drop in uh, and do the occasional episode. Say good day. Just get Ash pregnant again, give you more reasons to come back on. I kind of want to check out the um the soundproofing and all that sort of stuff that I'm I'm looking at in the background. Mm-hmm. It looks it looks like you're in a professional studio now. Yeah, I invested which, a lot of money in some professional shit. Yeah, it's uh it's it's a long way gone from me sitting on a couch surrounded by stuffed toys <laughs> holding my own microphone. But I don't know. I kind of like the charm uh, of those days yeah, too. The early days. There is a video on YouTube of us sitting there in that that original setup talking about Mr. Plow, and I look at now and go, "Whoa, that's loud." Oh, the GoPro. Um, when you, you bought a GoPro and decided that the best way to use the GoPro action cam was to put it on a tripod and look at two people not moving. And you had at that, at that point in time your little flat cap. My you, flat cap, yeah. It's going to be your podcast cap. You never wore it again. No, well, once Shane Warne started wearing it, I had to get out of the lane. Yeah, you don't want to be doing that, do you? <laughs> All right, well, I'll leave you to it, sir, so you can um, go Thank and you. look after the lovely lady. But it's been lovely Enjoy, talking to you. Uh, have you done the mailbag? Already? No, the mailbag's coming up as well as Guy Davis' New Name Championship. I know that this is not something that we did, but do you have a mailbag question ready to go? Can I answer one? I can try and find one. One moment. 
Thank you. Alrighty, I'll get the patron page up because you're still in part of the patron group. Yeah, by the way, listeners, if you um if you do want to be able to hang out with Mitch as well, you can become a patron of the show, and Mitch is also a part of the Patreon group. All right, so all right, we'll pick, just pick the first question from the mailbag in the Patreon group from Andrew JP. Says, what is your favorite, Mitch? Just specifically, just for you, conveniently, just for you. I don't know why what he would ask you, but there you go. What's your favorite Kang and Kodos Trias of Horror cameo? Ooh, um. So cameo, so not an episode based around that. Oh, just go with it. Your favorite Kang and Kodos moment. It's pretty, um, the first one that's, oh, well, I mean, favorite Kane Kodos moment in, in general, the classicist in me wants to say how to, how to serve 40 humans and that whole back and forth. There's still more space yeah. dust on here. Yep. Um, I should made it in the kitchen for days. <laughs> um, exchanging proton, uh, uh, merely exchanging such and such. If there's a better way to do it, I'd like to hear it. Yep. Um, but I've I think if we were like thinking this. more specific, universes uh, sorry, uh cameos would be this is indeed a disturbing universe just the madcap like pulling off the head to reveal him um and voiced by james l jones no that's, that's, that's not that's not king and kodos don't they do that once isn't there one this where indeed, that happens this indeed is a dis- disturbing universe is maggie and yeah. she, she hits Willie in the back of the head with the axe. And then it cuts yeah, to Kane yeah. Cutter's laugh. That. It cuts to Kane Cutter's laughing. And Homer's changing Springfield. And then they change to Peabody and Sherman. What? I swear there's one where like someone pulls off their head to reveal that it's actually Kane or when, That's when it's Bob Dole and Bill Clinton. Well. <laughs> well, well, well. Twirling Turns towards out my freedom. F- favorite moment <laughs> is one that didn't happen. <laughs> but in your mind, it happened. That's all that matters. And it's your favorite. It will always forever be your favorite moment. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that what I'm thinking of is something else. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. I'm usually wrong. No, I doubt that very much. <laughs> I'm out of practice. I haven't done this for would a while. Would you like one more? Que- would you like one more question? Was that was that a is that a mulligan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I've uh, I've stepped up on the first day. I've put the first one over the road, <laughs> and I'm reloading with provisional. All right, here's one for you from D. L. Gorman. What would you do with a time stopping watch? Uh, uh, ooh, that's a very good question. I would like to think, I mean, so many practical day-to-day applications. You'd never wait at a set of lights ever again in your life. Uh, roundabouts, all of that sort of thing would become super easy to negotiate. Um, checkouts at the supermarket, no more waiting there. Mm-hmm. So I think I feel like the first thing I would do is optimize my day. But would you buy, would you still pay for things though? Would you stop the time, walk out of the store, then restart time? No, um, I would like to think that in the early days, I would stay honest. Plus, I also kind of feel, let's say that there's like a total, there's a limit to the amount of time that time can be stopped for, right? So, like, it's a few seconds in my head. So, people still know that I was in the supermarket. They're going to know that I left the supermarket. The security cameras exist, all of that sort of stuff. Like, I, I'm i not going to get away with outright theft, but I can just freeze everyone in the spot for a moment and go about my business. Yeah. Um, then... I think one of the ultimate applications for it would be that you would never overcook your toast ever again. Like you could just sort of pause time every second, take a squiz, and then just keep going until it was right at that moment. Um, what, other- what about what about go back to the uh, the qualifying final in 2016 when Isaac Smith's having a shot at goal? <laughs> <laughs> Freeze time. Get out there with Moses like style hangman, yeah. uh, hang glider. The, the flying, the flying man, yeah. And just nudged the ball over a few meters. It looked good <laughs> off the boot. 
Um, do you still age when time's frozen or do you freeze with it? Well, in this episode, Bart and Milhouse did not. No, they they did age, yes, but no one else did. Well, whoever was frozen didn't age, but they yeah, aged. Okay. Yeah, okay. Because that'd be like the telltale thing of how often you've been using the, t- the stopwatch for that like suddenly you're 55 and your friends are all still 30 and no one knows how it happened yeah right anyway are you happy with that answer yeah no I'm much better with that one I <laughs> like right. you know I'm on better ground when it's hypotheticals that can't be proven wrong yes exactly alright <laughs> man I'll leave you to it cool bud good to talk to you have a great uh, enjoy the mailbag and over to you guy from this day forward your name shall be it's a new season, Mr. Davis, for the Guy Davis New Name Championship. Congratulations once again to Philip J. Hawkins from last season for being the successful winner. All right. Have they sent through some good names? I think the rules for this one was they had to send a name for each segment. Was that right? That is correct. Mm. We did get uh, quite specific about this. You can't just say Treehouse of Horror, whatever. No, no. You had to actually give new titles for each mm. of the segments. Put in that and commitment. guess what? Yeah. And people came through. To begin with, one point goes to Alistair Danik. Alistair Danik, long-time listener. Hey, what does he got for us? He gave us, in order, mm-hmm. Don't Fear the Reaper. Pretty good <laughs> one. Very good one, yeah. That is a good one. Great, Frankie great, and song, the... great song, by the way. <laughs> oh, fantastic song. Don't, uh, Frankie and the Brain. Oh, great show. I like this. <laughs> I like where it's going, yeah. And The Banter Pause. Now, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure exactly what they mean by that, Alistair. I'm sorry. Freaky in the but brain's worth one point in itself. <laughs> the, the first two were so good that... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two points go to Luke Mackay. McKay. Mackay, McKay. Luke McKay. McCain. McKay. McKay. Ah, McKay, you've done it again. <laughs> and you really have because... Will that mean anything to anyone outside Australia? I'm not sure. Does anyone else do McCain's in the world? Who knows? But there's enough Australians listen to the show. <laughs> that is correct, yes. But uh, just a bit of a heads up. McCain's make a very nice um, frozen French fry that you put in your oven. And, you know, 15 or 20 minutes later, you've got French fries that invariably, in my kitchen, are undercooked. And whenever someone, um, whenever it rains here, Australians go, the rains are here. Because <laughs> there used to be a commercial in the 90s of kids eating McCain's corn and the water was coming off of the corn. It was so juicy. So juicy. And it was hitting the, the tin roof. Of the veranda, and it sounded like it was raining. Yeah, classic commercial here in Australia. Meanwhile, we're, we're, while we're talking this shit, people are saying, what are Luke McKay's titles? <laughs> so, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. Not So Slim Reaper. Don't Frink Twice. Very Ooh. good title. And The Day Springfield Stood Still. See, that's just classic. It is indeed. So, yes, nice work by Luke. The, the original movie, The Day the Earth Stood Still, that was an alien-based film, right? It was indeed. Yes, okay, cool. Remade in the 2000s starring Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves, I never watched it. It's all right. Okay. Three points. Go to... Da, 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 da. The Return of the King. It's Garoad Harris. Oh, Geroid is back. <laughs> he's, he's back, coming back all guns blazing. Um, he, he provided a few alternatives, but uh, I've gone with the one that I think is best. Mm-hmm. Death Becomes Homer. Yes, <laughs> well, I like death, that. Yeah. It's death becomes a, but you, you put brackets around the O and the M, so it's death becomes Homer. I feel like that's a movie that is destined for a reboot soon. I wouldn't be surprised, actually. It's very from the early days of CGI, and you yeah. look at it, it's going, mm, wow, they they've done a lot of good work here. But uh, yes, these effects are very ninety. When did it come out? Ninety three. Ninety three. I reckon. Yeah, it's yeah. Come to mind. Yeah. But still, 
Yep. Yes, you're right. Prime for a reboot. Death Becomes Homer, The Gutty Professor, mm-hmm. and The Bartlefly Effect. Ooh, see, that's a bit of a tongue twister, The Bartlefly Effect. Yes, but, but it you works. know, The Butterfly Effect. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah he folded in. I think, I think our man Gear did all right. Gear. So, yeah, for sure. I, I remember that, uh, the, what's his name, Ashton Kutcher version of Butterfly Effect. Broke my mm. heart. It's a, it's a bit of a gnarly movie. Yeah. <laughs> to, to the best of my recollection. There's a lot of weird shit that goes on in The Butterfly Effect. Yeah, for sure. All right, so that is the initial... Uh, what would we say? Round, I guess you could say. Round one yes. of the season 15 Guy Davis's new name championship. It's back, baby. It is back. On one point, Alistair Danik. On two points, Luke McKay. Uh, McKay had done it again. And <laughs> Garode Harahill has returned on three points. Don't forget, guys, if you're listening to this and you aren't a patron, you want to be a part of it, just sign up, be part of the family. Go to <laughs> patreon.com slash four-finger discount, where, as we've promoted numerous times, you can now hear the reboot 2.0 of Tales of Futurama. Yes, we have gone back all the way to the beginning, Guy and myself, and we're going to be revisiting the entire series of Futurama on a bi-weekly basis, exclusively on Patreon. It was so fun to go back and revisit that pilot. Guy loved it. I loved it. You'll love it as well. You'd better love it. <laughs> yeah, love it. All right, it is time for the mailbag, Mr. Davis, kicking off with some patron questions. All right, so let's flick through. Mark Boston Burgess says, more of a request. Ah, I think you've already commented here. Can we hear both of your Glavin impersonations with noises and tongue twisting and the moi? So you replied, <laughs> after this episode, you'll be begging us to stop. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I think we've gone very heavy on the uh, on the Glavin in I, this episode. I but, just can't uh, do it. Glavin. I can't do it. Glavin. Can't do it. No good at all. It's pretty good. No, yours is much better. <laughs> what was the impersonation you did? Was it the on Futurama, the podcast we did? He did an impersonation at some point recently, and it was fucking spot on. I think it might have been The Godfather. Yeah, Godfather, yes, it was The Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really good for my uh, baby. I was, I was pretty happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get another couple of questions here from the patrons. What's your favourite Kang and Kodos Trials of Horror cameo? I actually asked this one to Mitch oh. earlier in the episode, and he couldn't think of one. He, got, he fucked it all up. So, guess what? <laughs> I'm going to do that too. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say this episode? <laughs> uh, I, the most memorable ones to me, if you're not including Citizen Kang, which is where they go Bill Clinton and Bob Dole, mm-hmm. the one where the they turn to Peabody and Sherman in Time and Punishment, oh. also the one with the attack of the 50-foot eyesores where the giant billboards come to life and the, the donut rolls away and they're, trying, they're holding up a sign. They want to get to Earth's capital and it rolls past and they go, oh, shazbutt. That's one that always sticks out in my mind. But, uh, yeah, do you have any that stick out to you? Off the top of my head, no. No? I'm okay. sorry to say. All righty. I'd love to hear your take on this, Mr. Davis. Hit me. D.L. Gorman asked us, uh, what would you do with a time-stopping watch? As we uh, alluded to earlier in this episode, nudity always comes into it. <laughs> I think I know what you would do. I think something that you would actually I would do strip is... Naked. You... I'd strip naked and run through the streets. <laughs> so no one would know. I think what you would actually do is stop time, go into a movie set, break into a movie set, hide in the bushes, and then commence again so you can watch films being made. <laughs> I would uh, be a, an extra in something. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. What, what, if you could choose to be an extra in which film, in any film, oh. which film would it be? Someone asked this on social media the day, not to me, but it was just a specific kind of question. What's a part of time uh, in Hollywood? That would be a good one. I think I'd love to be part of like the... We're doing a lot of Godfather stuff. But I think I'd love to be part of the opening scenes of The Godfather where it's at the at big the wedding. wedding. 
Yeah. Yeah. That just seems like a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's felt very natural, didn't it? Yeah. And apparently, you know, to keep the crowds entertained, Marlon Brando was dropping his pants all the time and flashing brown eyes at people. Really? That's something I'd like to see, you know, up close and personal. He seems like a loose cannon. Indeed. Very loose. It was our pal Marlon. All right, we also asked the listener question of the week. We asked, what's your favourite Treehouse of Horror segment and why? And we got a lot of responses, but not everyone wrote why. So if you didn't write why, I'm not going to bother going into it because it's just naming segments, basically. But mm-hmm. we'll skim through here on the Twitter at FourFingerPod. We'll find some people who wrote why. Um, Max Kirsch, at Max Kirsch says, he loved it when Lisa goes, Mom, is Dad going to kill us? And she says, we're just going to have to wait and see. So, so basically, your daughter is terrified that her dad is going to kill you. And instead of reassuring her that everything will be fine, you just go, yeah, there's a chance. Comedy gold. <laughs> gold. Also from at Dan Popomatic, he says the bit with the Homer, no TV, no beer, make Homer something, something. Mm-hmm. He says this bit from The Shinning, just because it's such a great parody of one of his favorite ever films, the moment in the film is already really over the top, but The Simpsons just pushed it that little bit further. All right, heading over now to the Instagram page at Four Finger Discount. Please, God, make we're sure. everywhere. We're all over social media. Yeah, please make sure you follow us on there as well. We don't have to start doing TikToks, do we? I don't think I'm up to that. I feel like TikTok's going to die like Vine very, very soon. Oh dear, I think it's already dying. Or is that just being old? Because I think the young people are still talking about TikTok a fair bit. I think pe- the young people are trying to keep it going. I feel like it's good it's, luck. It's it's, it's it's jumped in. Like it, it, it can kind of swim, but it's jumping to the deep end and it's struggling. Like it's, okay. it's, 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 still, it's still afloat. It hasn't sunk. It's right, let's, it's, it's, let's put our foot on our head and just stick it under. Uh, th- th- this could age very terribly. Like we could get to season 18, TikTok's the big one. But I just feel like by within a year or two, TikTok's... We, we did a TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> so this one here's from uh, at GJ or at G James Sloan. It says, every moment I live is agony. That frog from the Harry Potter segment. Please, uh, the frog prince monstrosity that Bart makes, he says that he and his friend basically wore out the VHS tape from replaying that part over and over again. And I actually asked that to the patrons as well. And Mark Burgess said the same thing. Mark Burgess said that uh, he watched it uh, with his kids recently and they pissed their pants and asked him to rewind continuously. Therefore, their (laughs) joys of laughter make this his new favourite moment in Trios of Horror. It's funny. I don't think it's like that much of a funny moment, but I remember absolutely loving it as a kid as well. There's something about that. <laughs> it's clearly a frequency for the, uh, for the young people. Yeah, but still, people quote it now. Like here, Taylor Lang replied in the patient group saying he uses it whenever he's super sore or he's just finished from the gym or whatever. It's every moment I live is agony. I, I think I quote it as well. It's, a, it's, it's just one that's, that seems to stick with you at that, that moment. By the way, let's not forget, it's Mark Boston Burgess. Boston Burgess, yeah. What else did the patron send through? Kenny Gad says, the one where Homer gets snake's hair and becomes snake. The carton of smokes up the arm was an inspiration goal to him as a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> it was very cool. Andrew JP, the 3D Homer episode. That's a very big one for me as well. I remember the hype of it when it came out. It was pretty fancy for 1996. It was about the same time Toy Story was kicking off. So 3D animation was the big thing. I, I remember them advertising that The Simpsons in 3D for the first time and little me thought that that meant it was going to pop out of the TV be actual 3D. <laughs> you child. Yeah. So it got to like two-thirds of the episode in and because it's the last segment of Trials of Horror, I remember thinking, well, they either lied or I fucking watched the wrong episode because this isn't 3D and then it, obviously the last one. And it's, um yeah, it's great. Becky Manis is here. 
Her kind is a variation of some episodes. She likes it when they did parodies of horror films because at a young age, she wasn't allowed to watch the actual horror films. Ah. So it was fun to see a version of Nightmare on Elm Street, The Shining, uh, Dracula, without having to watch the actual film itself. If she had to choose one particular part, though, the whole smart segment in Nightmare on Evergreen Terrace, she just cracks up whenever... I cracks up when they're carrying on in the meeting while Willie is burning to death. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that's true. I mentioned that on... I think I mentioned it in our book that we wrote that time. Remember that book we wrote that time? Well, not you and I, but... <laughs> I kind of wrote that time. Uh, so, I, as a kid, you weren't allowed to watch these Treehouse of Horrors, these actual horror films, but The Simpsons did a parody of it. So, it's kind of like... You felt like, even when you were older, you felt like you'd watched The Shining even though you hadn't seen The Shining because they did The Shining. It was like, yeah. it, was, it was close enough to a parody. You're like, I'm pretty sure I get the gist of what this movie's about, you know? So it was oh, yeah. very similar. Jordan Mulman, he's always said this, Jordan Mulman Richie loves the, oh yes, mm, oh, yum, yum, yum. The Pierce Brosnan as the robot house. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Watching Marge <laughs> in the, in the bar. <laughs> And we'll pick one more here. This one's more of like a... Um, not a funny joke. It's more the visual side of things. So Josh Hedge has says, this, so it's the shot here. He's put the screenshot when Bart can make, use his mind to turn people into things and he turns Homer into the jack-in-the-box. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Bart is watching TV and he, just, he Homer's about to hit him, I believe, over the head or something and he goes, and then he cuts to Homer uh, looking over him as a jack-in-the-box and his shadow is just moving back and forth in the background. It's very oh, okay. dark in the room and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he writes... This might be the best shot in Simpsons history. It's so dark. Homer's face is so evocative. And the depth of field that you get with layering in the early seasons peaks here. It's absolutely stunning to look at. Wow. A bit different there from Josh Hedge. But thank you so much to everyone. Nicely put, Josh. Who wrote in for this week's listener question of the week. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at fourfingerdiscount, at fourfingerpod on Twitter, and follow us on Facebook as well. That has been our review of Trias of Horror 14, guys. Next week, we are reviewing the episode My Mother the Carjacker, which is where Homer's mother makes her grand return to the series. So I'm looking forward to seeing how Mona's going. I haven't revisited that one in a long, 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 long time. This has been fun reviewing Trias of Horror 14. We're here, season 15. Do not forget that if you do enjoy everything we do here at Four Finger Discount and you want to show some support and get early access to all the shows we do, you can go to patreon.com slash discount where you can also get access to <sighs> Tales of Futurama. It is oh back and it is, I'm going to say better than ever. <laughs> <laughs> Tales of Futurama has returned to our Patreon page. So if you do want to support the show and hear that show as well, get early access, join the Facebook group, prize draws, Zoom calls, you name it, patreon.com slash fourfinger discount. For as little as a dollar, you can even hear our commentary of the Simpsons movie. So if you just want to test out the waters of the Patreon thing, one dollar we do, and you'll hear our commentary, plus some other podcasts as well. But this has been our review of Treehouse of Horror 14. We hope you've enjoyed it. It's been a blast to review. Next week is my mother, the carjacker. But for now, Mr. Davis, any final words for our incredible listeners? Mm-mm, that's a good schmendler. Shh.